College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. Welcome in to this week's episode of The Grid. I am the sports reporter with the Victoria Advocate, Gabe Myers. Alongside me today are sports editor Mike Foreman and our assistant sports editor Jeremiah Sosa. And we're getting towards my favorite time of the year. We're leading the show with football, which means it's a great day. Uh, we're starting off with seven on seven football, Victoria East and Victoria West in action this week. We're going to start with what happened on Monday with Victoria East. Uh, Jeremiah, a lot going on over there. We got a quarterback battle. Talk to me about how that's going between Landon Partita, the the guy who's going to be a senior this year, and Casey Coley, who's ri- a rising sophomore. Yeah, I think it's one of the you know most paid attention storylines for Victoria East is who's going to be their starting quarterback. Um, you know, in, in the seven-on-seven session that they had on Monday, both guys, uh, you know, talking to Coach Charlie Reef, both guys, they had some some throws that they would like back, uh, you know, s- some reads that they had that, you know, weren't the, the, weren't the right reads. But I think when you look at what they were able to do, um, you know, just getting comfortable with the receivers that they had, um, you know, making some throws, I think both guys had a touchdown in, in uh, you know, one of the games so I think it was uh you know if you're coach Charlie Reeve just good to see them kind of get in rhythm and what they have to do uh, but I mean Reed said it himself it, he's not really worried about the outcome of either of uh you know seven on seven football he's just using seven on seven to to get his players more comfortable and more acclimated with you know the new system that he's bringing in so um yeah I think it's against a very uh you know very good w- what they were able to accomplish there yeah, and you mentioned he's not obsessed with the results of 7-on-7, seven seven, which, as I've talked to coaches the last couple of weeks as well, that's a sentiment I get, is none of these coaches are living and dying by the results of what's going on in these 7-on-7 seven seven games. Do you have an idea what Coach Reeve is looking for from these quarterbacks? What potentially he could be looking at as a separator? Yeah, well, you know, the past few times that I've talked to him, he's just saying that he wants someone who can, you know, run the offense and not do anything crazy. Uh, you know, every time I talked to him, and even Partita, he was saying that, he doesn't want a, a guy to be uh, Patrick Mahomes or Lamar Jackson. He just wants them to to run the offense that he's going to bring in. And, you know, looking at both of these guys, I feel like both of them are capable of doing that. It's just whoever, you know, performs best throughout this the rest of the summer, I think that's the guy who's he's going to uh, end up going with. And, Mike, you, of course, have been around the area for a long time. You know Coach Reeve very well. Do you have any do you have any idea of what he's – you know, what could be a separator for him, something he could see in this in this summer period, in this seven-on-seven seven period that he's going to really take to heart? Yeah, I, I think it comes down to who runs the offense better, uh, who he feels more comfortable with. Uh, you know, some, some coaches will use two quarterbacks. Uh, of course, there's always the uh, – the old saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you have none. Right. You know, some people subscribe to that theory. Others, it's worked for other people to use two quarterbacks. But I I think he'd like to find uh, a starter that he can rely on. And I, I think, uh, as he said, uh, it's coming down to, I think it would be execution and uh, who he feels has a better grasp of the offense and what he's trying to accomplish with the offense. So I think that that'll be the uh, what will 
you know, ultimately make uh, the decision. Yeah, well, speaking of new offenses, Mike, you were out there Monday. You were out there looking at El Campo, and uh, they're transitioning into a new offense themselves. Talk about what you saw from El Campo, from the Rice Birds out there. Well, in the first game against Edna, um, they were shaky. Uh, there were some missed, missed receivers, missed routes, those kind of things. Second game, uh, when they matched up against East, they did uh, much better. Uh, um, there's no quarterback controversy. Oliver Miles will be the quarterback. Uh, it's just for him, I think it's a matter of just throwing the football, getting the reps, working with his receivers as they go through and learn uh, Coach Reeves' offense. Uh, you know, it's tough. It's not easy to just transition overnight from a primarily running you know attack which last year obviously you have a back like Reuben Owens you're going to give him the ball but uh, this is this is kind of a traditional change because uh, El Campo has been a running team for so long and now they're transferring it they won't throw every down but uh, I know coach Reeve like when he was at Cuero uh, he likes to have a balanced offense, and he likes to have the ability to throw the ball just in case he has to throw the ball. So uh, that's going to take some time. I know, uh, you know, I'm sure from his standpoint, it's kind of frustrating when you watch that and you see the kids make mistakes. But I think he understands that it's a work in progress. Yeah, talk. I mean, for them, I think seven on seven is super valuable because you mentioned they're trying to adjust from a run centric offense to a more pass pass heavy approach. And seven on seven, what are you going to do? You're going to have receivers run routes against DBs. Quarterbacks got to make reads of coverage and deliver on time on target throws. I think for El Campo, more so than probably most teams, this part of the summer, this part of the football calendar probably more important to them, especially with a first-year head coach, than it is to most teams in the region and even around the state. Yeah, and that's true on defense, too, because uh, I know he was out there and uh, in that game against Edna, he noticed some wrong coverages. And, you know, that's the kind of thing you can correct right now. And really, like we said, it doesn't matter because, you know, the results of these games don't matter. Um, and even, you know, uh, I know coaches have different theories on this. Some of them like to go to state, some don't, some don't care. But w regardless, what they're doing, I think with both El Campo and East, what they're doing is they're putting in their offense. And they're going to run that offense in seven-on-seven, seven, whether it works or not, for seven-on-seven seven because they need to take that into the fall. Yeah, all right, well, good stuff right there. Two teams coming in and new offenses. That'll do it for our first segment. We'll be right back to talk about what happened in West 7-on-7 seven seven session right after we get this announcement from White Trash Services. I'm joined by B.J. Nelson. B.J., White Trash Services, what is it and, and, and what do you all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off uh, companies. And, you know, y'all are y'all are big advocates for, for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? 
High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361-550-1826. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, 8 to 5 during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. And we are back. We're going to talk about what happened at Victoria West 7-on-7 with Industrial and Coliad. And as we get going here, uh, Jeremiah, you, you're you covering a lot of quarterback battles. Um, and Goliad's got – I mean, at, with East, it's two guys. It's Case and Coley, Landon Partita. Barring something unforeseen, one of those two will take the first snap the first Friday of the season. Goliad, they got four guys taking snaps at quarterback. Talk about what you saw from this, you know – quarterback battle from all angles they got going on over there yeah well during a tuesday session of seven on seven it was just uh court zamzo and colby rosenquist that you know took snaps but talking to uh offensive coordinator anthony quintanilla uh he was saying that yeah like you said gave us four guys uh, also andrew alonzo and finn wallach who are also competing for that starting starting role so um you know what i saw out of uh, yesterday's session was uh you know kind of similar to east there was some throws that, you know, were on target, some throws that, you know, they might want back. Um, but I think it just goes into the territory of being a first-year, you know, trying to be a first-year starter. Obviously, they lose uh, J.P. Reyes, who was their quarterback last year, who I think he's playing at Southwestern uh, University now. So um, it's, it's just like that transition period of finding that new guy. And I think for Goliad, you know, they also made the state seven-on-seven tournament. Um you know, it's kind of a little bit different from East. East is just focused on, uh, you know, finding their guy. But I think Goliad, they're trying to do both things at the same time, find their own guy. And they really want to be successful in 7-on-7. Seven seven. And it, it proved in, you know, them making it uh, to state for the second straight year. Yeah, well, I mean, them making it to state, but also you have a quarterback battle going on. All these reps, especially when you have four guys out there, you want to get as much game time as possible, much as much action against other opponents against someone besides yourself because eventually you compete against yourself it, everyone gets chippy everyone gets kind of all over the place for Goliad, is that part of their seven on seven approach you think is just hey look we got so many things we need to look at let's just play as much as possible and get as many answers as we can yeah well i think like you mentioned uh you know after going up against your same defense over and over it kind of gets uh, repetitive and you really you don't really get to see the guys in you know maybe uncomfortable situations that they may be facing during a regular season game. So I think these seven-on-seven games give them that opportunity to see what their guys can do under pressure. Um, and, and, you know, it showed with them you know, being able to go to state. Yeah, and I'll, I'll kind of pose you the same question I posed you about uh, Victoria East. Do you have a, any in, indication of what's going to be perhaps a separator, what one of these guys can do to really take the reins and take over this competition? Well, I think when you look at the guys that they have, uh, you know, Kobe Rosenquist, he's going to be a senior. Uh, he's a great athlete overall. I think he's he's a pretty good baseball and basketball player. So I feel like if they want someone more athletic and, you know, able to escape the pocket, maybe, you know, show his wheels or anything like that, he might be the guy. But kind of like we were saying, uh, you know, with Victoria East, it's just going to be whoever runs the offense the best, um, you know, in the system that, 
Coach Kevin Salazar likes there at, at Goliad. So I think that's going to be the really separator between those four guys. Yeah, I'm very curious to see how that one plays out because when you got four guys going in for a competition, it's again it can just go any any number of ways there. And with Goliad again, I've been impressed. I mentioned it last week. I've been impressed with their team speed, and that's something you see on display. It plays well in seven on seven. I'm excited to see come the fall how that translates to the gridiron. Uh, well, at that same uh, at that same session for seven on seven, I was out there covering industrial, and their returning quarterback Ashton Garza and. Garza's working with a, he's working with a largely new crop of wide receivers um and there were some frustrations over on industrial just they were dealing with the drops and Jeremiah you were out there with me and how many times did we look over and it's oh gosh it, you know receivers getting open just can't hang on to the ball or sometimes too wide open and have a second to think about it and dropping touchdowns you could see you could see kind of the frustration build a little bit but it's you know I talked to Ashton afterwards and he's you know what? We just got to keep working. We got to keep working. He, you know, he knows he's the leader out there. He knows he's, you know, it's not these other schools we talked about where they're in implementing new offenses or they're doing different things or quarterback competitions. Like, no, Ashton's the guys and he's aware of the responsibility that comes with that. Um, and Mike, you were saying a minute ago about coaches and their different approaches to seven on seven, some, you know, taking it really seriously, some just disregarding it. Well, I'll put Craig Naren in the latter of those two categories. He said on the record, just straight up told me, you know, we don't take this too seriously. This is like recess in the schoolyard. Um, I mean, that's what he was saying. You know, he likes having the kids out there and, ha you know, getting them to be able to compete, getting them time with each other, especially, you know, Ashton with his receivers, with his pass catchers. But, it, you know, the results here, do I take this too seriously? No, not really. Is there, we, you know, I've, we talked about industrial a lot in the office the last couple of days. Um, what, you know, what do you think industrial can take away from this seven on seven session? Does it, how much does it apply to what they're going to be doing on the gridiron come, you know, come August, September, October? Well, I think Coach Nairn is just looking at people right now, um, you know, looking at their ability to execute plays and things like that. Uh, as we said, they've got some people to replace, they have some uh, skilled people they need to mm -hmm. replace. And I'm sure that's what he's got his eye on. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. Uh, he's not taking this uh, too seriously. Uh, I think he just it, – it's like anyone else. They like to see their players competing together. Mm -hmm. It kind of builds a little bit of a bond. And uh, he'll, it also gives him an opportunity uh, to look at Goliad you know, which is in the district with him. And, uh, you know, I don't know if they played any games with Edna, but those teams are all in the same district, so they all get, get a chance to kind of take a look at what each other has. Yeah, it's always interesting. You know, I mean, you kind of notice East and West are not really playing each other right yeah. now, but uh, Industrial and Goliad going, I'm not sure how I feel about that if, if I'm the coaches, having the kids – out there, out there with each other, because you know you might have one result, one result now in the summer, and but again, once we get linemen and running games and all that good stuff out, out on the field, who knows how results change? But I'd be remiss if I didn't, uh, if I didn't talk about something before we end the segment. Uh, Jeremiah, things got a little chippy out there between Goliad and West there at the end. I, I think they actually called it a little early, and again, last I mentioned it last week the best game was between Goliad and West West won like on a you know basically a last second uh touchdown um 
this week they came back. They actually played each other twice. And again, the old saying, familiarity uh, breeds contempt. And you can start to see that with Goliad and Wes. And Goliad, you know, they're going to state seven on seven. And they feel themselves a little bit. They, they you know, they like themselves right now. But Wes, you know, their speed translates really well to seven on seven. Their quarterback, uh, Camden Repper, is, you know, Whenever you have a returning quarterback and a lot of speed, you're going to do very well in seven on seven. So, you know, good competition back and forth. Jeremiah, talk about the sense you got from Goliad because you, you know, had the pleasure of going right over there and talking to him just, you know, kind of right after the coaches called everything off. Talk about the sense you got over there from the Goliad side of things. Yeah, well, the players that I talked to, they were definitely a little bit, uh, you know, riled up from what had, you know, transpired during that last game. But I think it just shows, you know, how competitive they are in seven on seven, and um, you know how seriously they take it. Uh, you know, being that this is your their second year going to state, so I think it just, yeah, it just shows that you know they're not taking anyone lightly. They treat every game, whether it's against you know the West White team, which is a few JV players, or you know the West starters who you know have guys like uh, you know like uh, you know like their starting quarterback, like Repper and Rapper Kamari Montgomery. Montgomery. Yeah, yeah. So I think it just shows that they're they're able to. You know, keep on that. Uh, you know, stay focused, and you know, um, you know, uh, keep keep that same mindset throughout in, in each game. Yeah, I know for West right now. I've you know I've been talking to boys just you know here and there throughout the summer, and he's you know kids coming in seven a.m. for workouts every day. They're they're putting in the work, and you get the sense from the West kids they you know they're kind of at each other's throats every day, and I think they're just relishing the chance to get out there against anybody but themselves. And all this does is make me more excited for football season. I know the two of y'all feel the same way. We're to come back. We got some state all state baseball and softball to discuss, but we'll discuss that right after this message from Thrivent Financial. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrick works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. All right, we're back for the third segment of this podcast episode of The Grid with the man with the steel trap memory, Mike Foreman. And, uh, you know, as we get started here, an announcement was made today about one of, you know, really the star athletes in our region. And, Mike, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, uh, Reagan Wick from uh, Weimar, who uh, has had a great career there and uh, wrapped it up with the uh, state title not long ago. Got a really nice honor from the uh, Texas Girls Coaches Association. She was named the Class 1A through 4A uh, Girls Softball Athlete of the Year. Very well-deserved honor for uh, Reagan Wick. Uh, She played a big part in uh, Weimar, you know, going back to the state tournament for the third straight time and then actually bringing home the title this year. So really... Great honor for her, um, you know, to take to Colorado State with her when she pitches uh, pitches up there next year. Um, and also, as you mentioned, we had uh, the Texas uh, Texas Association of uh, Baseball Coaches. I think it's te- 
Yeah, but Texas. Uh, yeah, the T-A-B-C. Yeah, C-A. Or T-A-O. Texas something. But anyways, it's uh, the Baseball Coaches Association. Okay. And they, they're announcing their all-state teams this week. We've had quite a few guys. No surprises. 2A, uh, Ryan Peterson, you know, of course, from Shiner, and Brady Hinkey uh, from Weimar, both members of the elite team. Uh, also, Zach Garcia from Tidehaven on the two, on the 3A team got the elite team. And we had some other players named, too. Uh, we should point out that this is the Coaches Association team. It's still to come out is the sports writers team, which uh, – you know, right now they're gathering nominations. So that team will come out later in the summer. So uh, any of you coaches out there uh, still wanting to get your uh, kids recognized, both baseball and softball, there's still time. Um, send your uh, softball nominations to Jack Stallard up at our uh, sister paper in Longview, the Longview News Journal. And then uh, baseball state nominations go to Robert Cessna up at uh, the Bryan College Station Eagle. And if you need to get in touch with them, you can reach out to us. Because uh, as we said, I, I think uh, you mentioned, Gabe, we we need more uh, all-area nominations. Yes, we absolutely do. And coaches out there, you want your kids potentially recognized for all-area. We've gotten some of them in, some eye-popping stats where you have a lot to go through, but we still need a lot more coaches please send your all area nominations and all district teams to sports at vicad.com let's get some of the best players in the region recognized and i think that'll do it for us thank you very much for tuning into this week's episode of the grid i'm gabe myers joined by mike foreman and jeremiah sosa very much appreciate you tuning in we hope to see you back next week